Hello listeners, welcome to Inside Techcom with your host Zahra Mutabana. In season 3, we shift our focus to shed light on why technical communication is a core business asset. In this regard, we will speak with guests who are our stakeholders such as product managers, marketing professionals, UX designers, QA and customer support who engage with writers to create a seamless experience for the customer and meet business goals together. Let's get started. I've been away for a while and I've traveled across seven seas and I'm glad to be back in the saddle here to interview my latest guest Jennifer Savage. Jennifer is a Texas local and she graduated from the University of Texas at Austin with a bachelor of journalism. Since having worked in journalism jobs, she's moved from print and transitioned into online space. She's been a technical writer in her past and now currently works at FinThrive as a scrum master. So Jennifer Savage, welcome to my show again. Great. Thanks sir for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, so as you said, you know, you talked about kind of where I started and where I moved to. I did all sorts of writings when I came out of college, um different business writing and entertainment writing and and journalism and I kind of fell backward <laughs> into the the tech writing world just through knowing other people in the software companies and ended up in this role working for a small relatively small company that needed all of their software documented so join them started from basically a bunch of printed documents and I'll put them all into the online space for all their online and F1 help I did that for many years here at FinThrive under a couple of different business names and I've recently or I say recently it's been several years now I uh, moved into the scrum master role but I did serve on various delivery teams in the tech doc role so I kind of moved into that space so that's what I'm doing now that's awesome you mentioned F1 help for our mm-hmm. audience can you sure. share what that yeah. means in that context for, yeah context. context sensitive help so if you're on a field or a page and you hit F1 and it it pulls up the information for that very specific area on a page and so that's what I did is I helped build into the software at FinThrive when it was an early company called Exactamed into their software so Yeah, that's all that help in there. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I have the context. Is this commonly still used F1 help? I- it we still do in our web-based software at my company now. Yeah, we're still using it. Man, we have a lot of we work in the medical software field, so there's a lot of very specific fields within all of our different softwares and pages and and interfaces and so a lot of that we do need a very specific F1 for that one field that could have 50 or 100 or 1000 different values and so we work with that yeah and so that it is actually necessary especially in the medical that's awesome jennifer in the past when i have also created context sensitive help that's the terminology that we have used mm-hmm. so it's nostalgic yes it is <laughs> so you've worked as a technical writer and now you're doing scrum master are there any similarities and if so what are those oh yeah i definitely think so and i think that's how i came into this role is I worked like I said on several delivery teams that were practicing scrum just as a individual contributor as just doing the documentation for the different software pieces and I really got into that role once we actually transitioned to agile many many years ago at this company I really got into that process oriented way of doing things out software development life cycle 
And I think technical writers have a lot in common with that because we're very process oriented, right? You know, whenever we're going through and trying to document, what does this page do? How do you get to this point in the software? And you're sitting down with developers. And so Scrum Masters work with developers and testers, but I think we can be a little more, I guess I would say objective. Sometimes developers or testers have a very specific, a little bit more narrow idea. And and I've actually worked with some QAs, for example, that have become Scrum Masters as well. I just feel like for tech doc, I think it's definitely a more similar sort of thing, like I said, because of that process orientation, because, uh, you know, everybody, you know, we're, we're team players, we're sort of team agnostic as well. We can, like, for example, I worked on at 1.5 different teams. And so you can kind of bounce around, you can work well with different people in the group. So you're not just kind of, like I said, like a dev focus or a QA focus, you can work with everybody on all the teams. And I think we are good about asking questions that may, maybe some people might think, as a dev or, or a QA, maybe we don't want to ask, oh, that's a silly question. But I think documentation, you know, we're going and saying, hey, how does this work? You've got to show me. Show me from the, the end user perspective. I've never seen this page before. And so I think we have a good rapport with our teams. Usually, Yeah. So it sounds like you're sort of working with the same stakeholders as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so you have familiarity with that group of people. And also, you know, and as well, like the end users as well, and then like even internal end users, we created a lot of, you know, release notes and like I said, uh, online documentation. So now we'd even kind of help out with like marketing materials, you know, things they needed to know. Same deal. How does this work? You know, at a ba- very base level, how does this page work or what's this new feature we're creating? So, yeah. So we worked with internal and external stakeholders mm-hmm. and then within the team as well. And so that's very similar to the Scrum Master role you're bouncing around a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, bouncing around. I think that's uh, <laughs> well said. <laughs> that's, that's definitely my sense. And my experience too. for sure. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And I've had a similar, I mean, I have been a technical writer for a long time, but I think what you just explained, it's, it's very similar. The process and mm-hmm. the engagement is very similar. Definitely, yeah. I can draw parallels there. So now that you're on the other side, mm-hmm. where you're interacting with technical communicators, do you have technical communicators on your Scrum teams? We do, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I'm curious, what does that partnership look like from the other side? So it's funny, I guess, back when I was was in documentation, like when I was an individual contributor, I really, you know, pushed for it. And my teams who historically hadn't really had them as part of the team got used to it and got used to it. And then they kind of started thinking themselves like, oh, yeah, what about doc? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, like, especially when we transitioned to Scrum and now I'm my teams where I'm the Scrum Master, that's kind of my role is I'm like, okay, guys, you know, we just test this thing out and we've got again, coding, code review, QA, design review, all this, but what about documentation? Does this need release notes? Does this need online help update? And I think I've gotten, I have a soft spot for it. So I'm always speaking up for my documentation person on my on my teams, you know, so I always, I just feel like it's from my perspective, because I have that background, I'm more likely to bring it up. Whereas some team members are like, oh yeah, that's sometimes it's an afterthought or that's how it was right. in my first experiences when we transitioned into Scrum. I feel like and I always appreciated when anybody, especially a trainer, would say coded, tested, documented is part of, you know, is that the definition of done. And we actually have that in our definitions of done. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That was actually going to be my follow-up question. Mm-hmm. Is documentation part of your definitions of done? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then there is automatically that visibility. Exactly. And, and accountability yeah. as a team for yes. everybody to make sure that documentation has a seat at the table. But to have somebody that advocates for a technical writer, I mean, there's nothing like that. Yeah. In my experience, I have had product owners who are advocates Mm -hmm. of technical documentation. 
Have you been on a team where that's not been a priority? And if so, has that been a challenge? I guess I have in the past. There were some where we were kind of, they were trying to slam all the documentation to the next iterations or two or three iterations down the line that said, no, we need to slice this to where I can document it within each. And that's not to be said, there aren't exceptions where there might be a huge feature, something that at the end, we will have to kind of do one big wrap up and, and piece that together. But for the most part, I've been very fortunate. The product management teams that I've worked with have been very much advocates and very understanding of what's entailed, what's required and keeping, and not just me, but our, our documentation folks in the loop and keeping them in that process as well. Yeah. I've been very lucky, I think, that I haven't really run into that as much of a challenge, but I know a lot of people do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And it's good to hear that more and more companies out there mm-hmm. are sort of adopting Agile or some hybrid of Agile, mm-hmm. of, a flavor of Agile, and, and sure. making sure that each of these functions are represented and advocated uh-huh. for in the process itself. Yep. Yeah. It's great to see. Yeah. That documentation is part of the process for sure. Right. No, I mean, I guess by asking this question, I'm really making myself sound stupid, but I'm going to go ahead and ask this. Why, in your opinion, is the content that technical writers create important for you and the business? Well, for the business, I mean, I think that's pretty, like I said, with online help, release notes, letting the customers know what's coming out, how it works, just all of that. I think the business, it's like super important, right? For me personally, so as a Scrum Master, I'm also theoretically agnostic. I actually am on a product now that I worked on documentation on the previous product that I was became a scrum master for. So I knew that product backward and forward. This one, I did not. So I rely heavily on the tech writers to help me out and help me learn about this product and these things. Over the years, I've actually you know leaned on them to say, hey, can you send me that draft over whenever you're done? Just because I've got that experience and whether or not I actually give any feedback, it's more just for me to learn the draft of the help or the draft of the release notes. Our tech writer is always in our planning meetings, you know, as much as she can be. And so that helps. I'm always calling on her to say, hey, you know, just want to make sure how long do you think it'll take you to get this done? I want to make sure you're covered or you've got enough time to finish this. So, yeah, it's definitely important to me, though, um, in terms of learning about the products. Oh, absolutely. I think that's a valid point. And I just sort of wanted that validation from you uh, mm-hmm. because I've yeah, had absolutely. other interviews with uh, project managers who mm-hmm. are not even based in the United States. And they end up yes. using technical documentation as their first source of truth to learn more about the yep. product. And that becomes part of the training and onboarding for these external teams, for companies that are consulting or service providers, sort of. So you sort of validate that it helps you onboard. It helps you. It becomes your product knowledge. So that's good to hear. Yeah, Jennifer, that's good. That's good to know that, you know, you sort of validate that there is this similar learning that happens at your company. Now, because now tell me a little about FinThrive. And I think that would probably give me a better context. And maybe technical documentation becomes even more critical when it's a medical related business or however you would like to put Mm -hmm. that. No, definitely. So yes, FinThrive, we do primarily just various types of medical software, everything for hospitals, like contract management and collections management and claims management. All of these things are worked by different people throughout the hospitals. And it's very important because everything is federally mandated. So it's all the documentation is very, very key. We've got thousands upon thousands of codes and can it be used here? Can it be used there? Um, 
things that are, it, it explains like what you can and can't do in terms of submitting your claims and about how to price things. And so it is, it's very critical, the work that we do in documentation for the medical, all of the medical software. We have a huge portfolio now of a lot of different kinds. And I, it's a big deal that we have documentation to cover all of that. And we've got it across all of the ones that we've recently, our companies acquired some other companies, you know, so we're trying to kind of bring all that together as well, make sure everything's covered because it is so important to this type of software and work that's using it. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask a two-part question here. One is, now you've been a technical writer in your past, Mm -hmm. and now you're a scrum master. Given that you were a technical writer, were you always part of an agile team? That's one question. If not, if you were part of, let's say, the waterfall model, were you embedded into your development, embedded in the development team? If not, so one is that that is sort of part one of my question. And two is what are the benefits of each from your perspective? <laughs> so I have done both. When I first started orig- with the original company that became FinThrive, it was, like I said, a fairly small company. And I was, I mean, I was embedded with the development team, but there were, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 of us total, uh, but it was very much waterfall. I was going through huge requirements documents, trying to call out what the developers just spent weeks working on before we did a release. There was really no, you know, real cadence to any of that. Cause again, small, you know, startup, we're just putting things out there, just cranking out, you know, and it was a lot of a releasing things to production, (laughs) you know, on a very, very quick scale. And then later on, like I said, when we adopted Agile, it made a huge difference for me. Like I said, because, and I was embedded with the teams then as well, but it was completely different. I wasn't working off some huge requirements document. I was getting those pieces in manageable chunks, just like for a coder, that's how it would be. It makes a huge difference. I mean, that way I theoretically would be able to complete it all in order to meet that definition of done. But definitely that was, when we moved to Scrum, I mean, it was completely a life changer for me in that tech doc role completely. And that's why I think I got so into it and really, really took a big piece of that screen and got into the Scrum Master role, just took a big piece of that Scrum and process and, and took all that in and said, this is awesome. You know, and it, to me, it just makes sense. It's just common sense about how you do the iterative work, how you do the manageable chunks. And I feel like that goes across coding, testing, documentation. I think everything that you just said, sort of, it sounds very manageable, very doable, Mm-hmm. One, you mentioned manageable chunks, the definition of done, and more importantly, aligning with what the other teams are doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you're sort of walking hand in hand, right? Yes, absolutely. If you're working on multiple teams, staying in that cadence, like the similar iterations, or if you're doing you know, like a two-week sprint or four-week sprint, just making sure all the teams are aligned. So that makes it a lot easier for someone in tech got to be able to make sure it, like, for example, mine, I have, we have several teams. We have actually like five teams that are doing this, working on this one product and we're all putting in, all these teams are putting in code and, and we're documenting and all that, but because they're all in the same cadence, we're able to kind of fit everything together at the end of that release cycle. This is okay. Here it all gets together and here's the release notes and here's the help. And the documentation sort of becomes part of the product deliverable. It's not sitting mm-hmm. outside. Absolutely. Of- nope. It gets released when our deployment, our release deployment goes out to help. And and I actually originally on the product that I came on board originally to document, um, which was our claims management software, I was the one that kind of helped create that cadence, even though we were still kind of working in waterfall and to say, hey, this should go out with 
the release. It doesn't need to go out a month later, or six weeks later, even though we were still in the process of moving things over from like basically a big PDF, a big print guide. I helped them kind of move that into a more iterative fashion, even though it was just whenever we decided to release. <laughs> so I just had kind of had to make sure I stayed up to date enough with the that's, new features. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. I think I owe you a thank you as one professional <laughs> to another. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's important because my whole objective with this season is to sort of not only shed light on what we do, but the value mm-hmm. that documentation yes. brings to Absolutely. the bottom line. And the earlier a writer is involved in the process, the better it is for everybody. Oh yeah, and to the bo- and to the business at the end of the day. What does the process look like for a writer on a Scrum team? Each company, no matter what the agile process is. I mean, you may have a template, but the process varies, right? Some writers are not involved in sprint planning or the stand-ups. So I just want to understand what does that process look like on your team? So we typically, for my particular teams, our tech writer is usually in planning when she can be. And if she can't, we have ways in our tool that we use, which is Azure DevOps, how we manage our work items. We have tags, we have tasks of a way to trigger like, hey, there's an online help update or, hey, this needs release notes. Also, our product managers on these teams are actually really good about providing some of that content as well and working with the tech writer to review that work and make sure it says what it needs to say or, oh, this thing changed. So we're very fortunate that we have, like I said, good PMs that that work with us on that and work with the, the tech writer. But Generally, it's just part of that process. Like I said, it's part of that definition of done where we've got our, our coding, testing, document task. And she might be the last one you know, to close out, but not necessarily. Sometimes she's done it. She's just waiting on a screenshot or something like that. It's not usually where we're sitting or waiting on a story going, oh, you know, documentation's holding right. <laughs> anything like that. She's like, yeah, it's, we're very lucky that we have teams, the developers, the testers that'll sit with her as well and kind of run through it to make sure everything's... It sounds like a very, like a well-oiled process. Yeah. And we actually, we've been fortunate too. just, I know, you know, Ron Gardner, <laughs> um, he's the lead over the, these particular tech writers. And so they've got a great process in place across all of the teams. So not, it's not unique to mine. He's, you know, he's helped out trying to solidify and standardize that process across all of our organization. And that makes a huge difference. And it's not to say that everybody has to do the same thing all the time, But if you generally have these parameters, this is roughly where the teams are, you know, these are the standardized things that we're going to do across all the teams. That makes a huge difference having somebody who buys into that. And even from our upper management as well, people who buy into documentation being worthwhile and valuable is a huge thing. And we just, we've been very lucky at this company that they always have. So Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's like music to my ears to to hear that the uh, upper management has bought into documentation. And the other related fields, like probably, I hope, of course, Ron and I are great friends and I'm so happy. You know, you just brought a smile to my face when you mentioned Ron. Ron's great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know. To sort of know that, you know, not only are writers just providing documentation, but also sort of enabling the process. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And And now we've gotten to a point where we have, you know, support or implementation going, hey, where are those release notes? We need to know, you know, what's going on and, hey, do you have a page for this new feature? You know, and they're dependent on it at this point. And because we've been giving them such great content (laughs) all these years, now they know. And so they're expecting it. Yeah, we kind of set that expectation, which I think is great. You know, like I said, we've been very fortunate here. 
that we have a good support system that, that's, for that. That's awesome. That's really mm-hmm. fantastic. Now, you know, you sort of took me through what the process looks like for a technical mm-hmm. writer. So mm-hmm. you mentioned that they are not part of the sprint planning process. And I think I understand why, because if you are on five different teams and if all of them have their sprint starting at the same time, yeah, then it's very hard to be yeah. part of And we try, like, when they can, they attend, right? But it's just, they may not be able to attend. We basically stagger out. We have a beginning and end, you know, so mm-hmm. they're within a day or two of each other. But they attend, you know, when they can. But if they can't, then like I said, the team is very aware. And again, a lot of times I kind of am the reminder that, hey, we need to add a task for her because she is going to have to come back and do this. Or PM will say, ah, you know, I think we're going to need to update this page for this and we'll just we'll just let her know but I think it's about 50 50 she's there as much as she can be but again being spread across multiple teams which I did as well right you're there when you can be and then the rest of the team just has to to stick up for them and help make sure that gets covered yeah I think quote unquote stick up for the (laughs) technical writer I think that's such a wonderful thing because then the technical writer knows that even if they are not at that meeting, the entire team is looking out for them. And yeah. the product manager, yourself, the scrum master, and probably developers, yeah. QA, all of them are aware that this is the definition of done. So she isn't, yeah. the writer isn't forgotten, technically. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's another good example is, yeah, QA often will be like, hey, isn't this going to change? This is going to look different, or this is going to have different feels. Don't we do we need to update the help page? Like everybody, I think, is very just aware of that, because I think they will check on that as well, you know, when they're testing. And again, we're very fortunate. We have a a great writer on our team who sometimes she catches stuff that she's like, Hey guys, you know, did these new release notes? I wasn't able to get to planning, you know, and we're like, Oh yeah. That's my point being is we may miss some still, but it's, it's at least there. We're thinking about it. And again, our PMs are good about thinking about that as well. So, yeah. That's fantastic. (laughs) Now I know I keep coming back to this question. So since Mm -hmm. they're not attending the sprint planning, are Mm -hmm. there any other scrum ceremonies that they do attend and that the writers benefit from, and then the scrum team benefits from? So occasionally, you know, she'll come to our, we do the refinement meeting as well, where we talk like story time, where we talk about stories coming up. I think the planning is more valuable usually because it's actually ones that we've honed in on. It would be great if every tech writer could be a process of that whole design review and all that. It's just not realistic, right? Especially when you're across multiple teams. I think for her, the next most valuable thing is probably the demo, our sprint report out demo that we do every two weeks at the end of a sprint. Again, she can't always attend that. And I know that's the same across all of our team writers. They can always be there. Same deal. You've got, you know, multiple teams, multiple meetings, but we always make sure to record it. I always make sure to post it out there. And in fact, she'll catch me occasionally and say, hey, did you put it out there yet? (laughs) You know, because that's their way to catch up and see the things that have been completed because they're not necessarily every day in stand up or, you know, in every planning or so that way they can catch up and it gives them an overview, especially of the end user, user facing that might affect the online help or the release notes. Yeah. So I know that's a really big one, I think, for them to make sure we have that recorded and and ready for them. Right. So when you have the technology available, why not record it and make that? So absolutely. I I Mm -hmm. think that's all good stuff. And that's how the process is for me as well. It's very similar because I am assigned to multiple teams So I'm not able to be there for everything. And our process sort of is very similar to the process that you have. And we Mm -hmm. have leaders that advocate for us and have bought into the process. So it sounds like a good, great place to be at. Yeah, I I know it is. I think for this role, especially, I mean, honestly, just in my, over the years, I feel like places were taking 
documentation for granted. <laughs> for lack of a better description, I feel like it's been more kind of pushed off to the side or was. And I, I feel like we're kind of coming back around again. It's kind of cyclical. Um, but we've been very fortunate here that that they have always really valued it. And we've had this department and we've kept it and they realize the value. So I think that's huge. Yeah. I mean, like you said, you know, there are companies, there are many companies that I have heard of and been part of where documentation yes. is on the sidelines and sometimes yep. non-existential. Yep. And Agreed. the writers have to really, really advocate for themselves. And then even then the needle doesn't move much on it. Yes. And that yes. really has sort of been an impetus for me to sort of surface. We are really hidden. We are not visible. How do we become visible? And what is it that we do on a day-to-day basis? Like you said, you mentioned writers catch stuff and that has happened so often when we end up testing or even I will share this, the company that I work at right now, sometimes we are part of the discovery process Mm -hmm. and I get to sit in on it. The product managers invite us and where we are getting the opportunity to directly engage with our customers. So we end up learning. Yeah. Uh, And I know this is not possible at every company, but let's say at your company, your product manager is interacting with customers, but because the relationship is there for the writers, they have that access to the product manager they sort of get that firsthand information directly from the product manager. This is what the customer wants. This is what the terminology may be. This is what the use case may be. This is what it's going to look like. So there is, you're sort of closer to the customer more than as it should be. So it looks like your process, even though I'm guessing writers probably do not sit in on discovery. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, But it has given me so many opportunities where I have gotten to ask questions directly to the customer and get some direction. And if we've had inconsistencies with terminology or disagreements yep. there, there are a lot of benefits. And this sort of over the long term, it ends up becoming so important because then content becomes your ally. Content becomes your strength. So all good stuff, Jennifer, so far. I think we've covered quite a bit of your uh, content here. And as I'm realizing, we're almost close to the hour since we started talking. And you were worried about content. Look at how much content you've <laughs> provided me with. Yeah. So thank you for that. I think the one question that comes to my mind is, since you've been a technical writer and now a Scrum Master, are there any suggestions you can share for tech writers that are entering the industry on how they can elevate their value or better engage with the stakeholders? Sure. I think a lot of it goes back to some of the things we've talked about as being a member of, especially if you're in Scrum or even if you're doing Waterfall, just being a member of that team. And speaking up for yourself, advocating for yourself. I mean, obviously, we'd love for the team members to do that. I'm in a unique position that they do. But as we discussed a few minutes ago, I don't know that that's always the case at every company. So I would say get in there, advocate for yourself, kind of prove that value and quality, point out the help or the release notes or whatever type of documentation you're creating and make it great and make it valuable and people will, will lean on it. That's what we've found. Like I, I think I mentioned is that our, some of our stakeholders now, that's the first thing they look for. So you do have to advocate for yourself a little bit, but especially if you're in a, a process like Scrum, you can easily say, hey, can we make my piece of definition of done? If it's not, it's possible a lot of places don't have that technical documentation as part of the completion of a user story or a bug. But speak up and say, hey, I think we should, you know, suggest that that's part of a, a team and a working agreement and, you know, all of those pieces and, and you're a team member. So yeah. fantastic. That is awesome. I think I completely yeah. agree with you on that. Completely mm-hmm. agree that if there is no process, you want to embed yourself. Yes. With mm-hmm. that, within that Help process. Help create one. Help yeah. create one. Exactly. Really yep. advocate. And advocating can happen in so many ways. 
like you say, in small ways and big ways. Uh, so look for those small opportunities to start with. And if you already have the lead on that, then try and look for bigger opportunities where you can mm-hmm. really make an impact. And, and yes, bringing quality to the table, I think yeah. makes a big, big difference. So there is that onus on us to make sure that the documentation that we're creating is of quality. Yep. So awesome, awesome uh, pointers there. I think this probably will be my last question for the evening. What are your takeaways or highlights from interacting with writers as a scrum master and the content that the writers create? Um, Well, it's been very rewarding. I mean, especially moving from that role into this one and being able to work together to make sure that are part of the process for them to be to want to be a part of the process and actually really collaborate with the team and see the interaction between them. I think that's been the best thing to see is that, again, it's it's a team atmosphere. And so it's not just these, those, you know, dev, QA, documentation. It's all one group, including the PM, including the Scrum Master. It's been great from an agile perspective to see them embedded with the teams and, and work as a, like I always called myself an individual contributor, but the more I worked on Scrum teams, I feel like, okay, no, I was just part of the team. I was just another, you know, I was just, and I don't, you know, and some people think they're just a cog, a cog in the wheel, but it's not even that same deal where it's all part of a process. And we've got developers helping documentation and documentation, helping QAs or helping PMs, you know, or vice versa. So it's, it's really awesome to see. I think that's been my biggest takeaway is watching them really grow into these great collaborative team members, you know, along with the other, the other folks. I say all this, it's funny because I know this is a, we're a tech writer centric group, but with this podcast, but it's like, I've been very lucky to work with great developers, testers, documentation, product managers across my career. So that makes a huge difference too, when you have a, you know, a great collaborative team like that. Right. Absolutely. I mean, as much as yes, this podcast is focused on uh, technical communication, but we cannot work in a silo, right? Exactly. We we need the support. Absolutely. And all the members, all the actors that you mentioned are sort of our biggest, you know, they're cheering for us from the sidelines and they are the ones that really help us move forward. So absolutely, we cannot do this by ourselves. So it's important that developers and QA and UX is working with us and that partnership and that collaboration is what helps the team move forward and to delight the customers at the end of the day. Absolutely. So like you said, I've been fortunate and I hope more writers entering the field have this positive experience. And we also have to take some responsibility to bring that positivity. It's not all on others. It's also on us to, Absolutely. to advocate for ourselves because without that, we cannot, if we are not visible, then you are, like you said, we are sort of like a cog in the wheel as some people yeah. may mm-hmm. call it. And, and we want to sort of change the dynamics, change that perspective of us. So all awesome pointers here, Jennifer. I've really enjoyed having this conversation with you. A lot of good nuggets in there. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun just chatting about it. I love talking about this. Yes, me (laughs) too. Whether it's tech tech doc or scrum or yeah, it's been really enjoyable. Yeah, it's been an enjoyable conversation. And thank you for bringing for this valuable conversation to us. And to my audience, we really appreciate it. Is there anything that you would like to add? Yep, I think think I'm good. Awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it too. I want to thank you and have a lovely evening, Jennifer. This has been fantastic. Great talking to you. Great talking to you too. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app, such as Apple, Google, or Spotify. For the latest on my show, follow me on LinkedIn, Instagram, or visit us at 
www.insighttechcom.show. Catch you on another episode.